this so people can hear what it's like to live in Toronto. Yeah. Hear the sirens in the background. Hi, I'm Lisa. Hi, I'm Julie. And together we are two sober chicks. Right on. Thanks for listening uh, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, wherever it is you've happened upon us. We're so happy that you're here joining us in our mm-hmm. living room, sitting down, having a cup of tea with us, mm-hmm. and uh, just, you know, rapping off each other, bouncing back ideas and sharing our experience, strength, and hope, and our thoughts on recovery. Personal thoughts and feelings and experiences. That's all it is. We should say that we don't represent any institution or organization. Uh, We don't have medical, clinical backgrounds. Uh, We're really fucking smart, but we're not certified (laughs) in any way. (laughs) I don't know if I'd classify myself as really smart. But um, yes, and I'm not affiliated with any organization. I don't speak for AA. I am a member. I like AA. I am a member too. So, and it has helped me... uh, get my life back so that's what we like to talk about yeah reaching in our topic jar today All if right. you have a topic suggestion send us an email at the number two sober chicks at gmail.com i picked out two so you're gonna pick which one you like better okay will we always be alcoholics mm. and roundups and conferences will we always be alcoholics Perfect. will we <laughs> <laughs> I believe the answer is yes. Um, for me, I concur, doctor. <laughs> I am, you know, it's the whole discussion around do I say I'm recovered or I am a recovering alcoholic? And I still really don't have a finite answer on that. I don't really use the word recovered or recovering. I just say I'm an alcoholic. And isn't that how we identify ourselves at a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous? And in the beginning, we didn't even say our first names. We just said, I'm an alcoholic. Oh. And that's it. There I did was, not know that. There was no name identification in the beginning. So um, that's how we identify. And the reason we identify that way is because whether it's today or whether it's 20 years from now, the same result is going to happen to my body and to my mind. If yes. I put an alcoholic beverage into my body, it's going to trigger a chain reaction. And I'm not going to be able to control the craving of wanting uh, the next drink. So once that first drink gets in there... Uh, something happens in my mind and something happens in my body. So uh, I don't recover from alcoholism, meaning uh, I'm going to be able to drink one day. Right. Um, but I guess you could look at it as I've recovered from the disease of alcoholism because I know what it is, so I know what I need to do. Like if I was a, a, allergic to nuts, I still have a nut allergy. I'm going to have a nut allergy for the rest of my life. But I don't put nuts in my body, so the allergen isn't triggered. Is that yeah? Is that a good example? Yeah, and you and I both know from uh, relapse experiences that it doesn't go away. <sighs> no, it's proven over and over again. And in the rooms, we talk about being recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. Mm-hmm. I am most of the time. Yeah. Sometimes I do get hopeless. It's not very quick. It's. I mean, it doesn't last very long. Right. But I have recovered from that state in which I entered the recovery to an amazing degree yes but i will never be recovered or cured and uh, i'm recovering all the time like my Mm -hmm. progress seven and a half years ago was very different than now and i don't think i'll be the same in 10 years from now yes but i think i've said this on another podcast my second meeting i went to this amazing woman that had brought me into the rooms she was the first person i saw i was very angry that i had to say that i was an alcoholic and i went up to her and i said 
very angrily, why do I have to keep saying I'm an alcoholic if I haven't had a drink in four days? (laughs) And she was like, oh, sweetheart, if you don't keep identifying, you will be doomed to make the, the same mistakes as in your past. You will be doomed to repeat the mistakes of your past. Because if you don't keep that in the forefront of your mind, you may believe that you're not an alcoholic. Right. And like you said, I cannot not be an alcoholic because the second I have a sip of booze, it triggers the obsession and the compulsion to drink, which I don't have today. Right. As long as I don't have that first drink. Exactly. Yeah. Do you believe we're born alcoholics? Well, that's a good question. Like, yes, we'll always be alcoholics, but have we always been alcoholics? Well, this is the part where I say, you know, I'm not a doctor or, you know, I don't have the clinical studies in front of me to uh, discuss that from a medical standpoint. Um, But I do know from my own personal history that I'm not the only alcoholic in my family, um, that uh, there is a lineage of alcoholics in my family. But then I've met other people who say, oh, but there are no alcoholics Mm -hmm. in my family. And I might add that you know of or that identified. How many people do you know that you can tell died an alcoholic death, but the, it's, that's not what they're listed as dying of, right? Oh, that happened in my family Liver to a very failure. close friend. Yeah. They were like, oh, he didn't, he didn't die of alcoholism, but he was yellow and jaundiced and they blamed it on some medication. Right. And I'm in that room with that man two days before he died and he's like, retirement is the worst thing that ever happened to me. All I did was eat and drink, and he was a heavy drinker. Yeah. But everyone wants to blame it on something else. Dying an alcoholic death doesn't mean you crash when you're drunk driving or you actually develop cirrhosis of the liver from drinking. It could mean you've poisoned your mind and your body to such a degree that it fails in other ways that aren't necessarily screaming alcoholism at you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. So born an alcoholic. Maybe I was, maybe I wasn't. Is it part uh, situational? Like, you know, I, uh, there was some traumatic things that happened to me as a young child and in my life. And uh, I was always looking for a solution to help me deal with those things. Um, but, you know, um, I can say that other members of my family dealt with traumatic situations in their lives too. My sisters are two drink minimum ladies. You know, I'm like, what happens to you? They're like, oh, we feel a little woozy and we put the booze down. I'm like, damn, that's when I reach for a second bottle. That's <laughs> when I just get started. Yeah. That's firing up the engine, baby. <laughs> this is the feeling I was going for. The two drinks get me over the hangover. It just brings me to equilibrium. And then we start from there. Yeah. That's funny. You just reminded me of the whole hair of the dog thing. That used to be a oh, daily yeah. part of my life. Well, not daily. But a big part of my life. Yeah. Especially if there had been any drinking in my day before, then definitely the next day. I needed that drink um, to take the pain away. Yeah. I know for me, I believe I was born an alcoholic. And what I mean by that is that I was full of fear and maladjusted to life. My first, almost right back to the beginning, my first memories are of massive fear and panic and anxiety. And my life was just waiting for something to come along that took that away. And we often hear in the rooms that genetics loads the gun and circumstance pulls the trigger. I didn't start drinking until I was 25. Wait, say that again. I have not heard that. Okay, so genetics loads the gun and circumstance pulls the trigger. Bam! That was a powerful statement. Yes. I love those little sayings in AA. Genetics loads the gun 
and circumstance pulls the trigger. Yeah. Beautiful. That perfectly sums it up for me. Yeah. Me too. Continue. I I interrupt. So when I started drinking at 25 and all of a sudden I felt a peace and calm I had never had in my life before. I was hooked on it emotionally before the physical actually started. Amen. Absolutely. Me too. Yeah. Because it altered that state of being that I was in. Yeah. You know. And for some people it's sex. And for some people it's shopping. And for some people it's eating. For me it was booze. Nothing did for me what booze did. And that's why this program is amazing because I never thought there would ever be a substitute that could do so powerfully for me what booze did. Turns out there's something a little better that doesn't (laughs) destroy your life and fulfills you. Yes. (laughs) It's the G-O-D, baby. It's the A-A and the G-O-D. We were, um, I was in a room last night and we were talking about uh, step two. And, uh, and God and the whole came to believe. And, and I love that this whole process is about a journey. You know, we're on a journey together. We definitely are travelers on a mm. journey, on a road to discovery, on the road to recovery. Um, and often I find on that road to recovery, one of the keys to success is um, letting go of um, d- denial and letting go of debating. I finally came to believe that I didn't need to know what a higher power was. I didn't need to define it mm. because that was always a big hang up for me. You know, I need to define this. I need to know what it is. What is God? What is a higher power? And, uh, and then I just, you know, came to believe or heard from somebody at some point somewhere that just do it. Just ask for help. You don't need to define it right now. Mm. And then I think, too, if I could define it, um, that would somehow minimize it and make it smaller in my... It takes away the supernatural and the mystery and the magic. This is the thing that I'm developing in my life. The more the more I want to define God and know, the more I realize it's so much about something we can never grasp. That's why it's spirit. And if I have to define God, then there's no faith and there's no miracles. Because you can't have logic and miracles at the same time. It doesn't work. And I can look at me getting sober and go, I did this and I did. But the point is, it's a fucking miracle that I'm sober today. Yes. And so I choose to see the majesty and the miracle and the mystery of God as something that's been a gift and not try and figure it out with my mind. Because my mind is what got me into trouble in the first place and always gets me into trouble. Yeah. Always. And it's that whole battle with um, ego versus humility. You know, it, it takes humility to say, huh. Eh. I don't know what it is. I don't have to know. I'm just going to say that I know for myself. I can't do this alone. I've tried it my way. Didn't work. I'm going to give up mm-hmm. power. The gonna... secret is not in the knowing. Right. Like remember we went to that meeting one time and that guy went up there and he's like, I still am trying to figure out why I'm an alcoholic. He was new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I remember thinking, oh man, that's going to be a torturous, never ending journey for you. And it is. He wanted to know even the moment. Like, when did it happen? Yeah. Could I have changed history? Stuck <laughs> if in, your in mind. that moment, I would not. Yeah. Uh, I used to have this debate with our friend, um, our mutual friend, all the time. You know, it was constantly coming up. But what made me? Why am I? Why isn't my sister? Da 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 da. And finally I said, who the fuck cares? You are. Period. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Um, like Why my... did you marry who you married? 
Why is your son the way your son is? Why were you born here and not over in Africa? Like, who knows why? Why do you have four brothers or five sisters instead of none? Why are you not an only? Like, I mean, the whys can go on forever. Yeah. It's when you drop from the head into the heart that the answers start to come. That's crazy making when you don't. Just constant state of questions. Yeah, and why not? I think we've talked about this before. The best, sometimes it's, well, why not? Why not you? Why not you? Give me mm-hmm. a good answer, why not? Mm-hmm. Oh, because you have faith? Okay, that usually makes it worse, honestly. Because I just saw this um, this guy follow on Instagram that I love, and he said, he put it in a Christian context. He's like, don't be surprised when you're pursuing the kingdom of God and hell comes after you. <laughs> like, that's typically what it's like in step six and seven. You want character defects to be removed, so all of the situations oh. that you want to avoid come flying in your face so you can finally learn how to accept and have patience and have tolerance. Yes. Yeah. But in that moment, you're pissed off. You're like, why is this happening to me? Because uh, you asked. For yeah. some help. I'm a good person. <laughs> I know you are. For clarity. Yes. I'm starving. All right. Well, it was good. It was a good session. It was a good session. We've um, done a few podcasts. We have a few more new ones. Uh, and we'll have more coming soon. So please keep coming back and uh, share the link with your friends. If you know anybody who's uh, new to sobriety or struggling in sobriety uh, with addiction issues. And they're just looking for a place where people understand or Please. if you, some, you know someone that's lonely and wants some company yeah we love spending time with you guys yeah drop in for tea anytime i'm lisa i'm julie and this has been two, two sober, sober chicks. chicks bye